0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 145 of The Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and I am joined, of course, by the lovely, the talented, the wise,
1: mm-hmm. Dave Hogue. That. What's up? Well, you know, all kinds of things. So, actually went to church to hear my future son-in-law do the sermon. At oh, really? Yes. So And he is uh, part of a ministry to Haiti. It's called LQVE. And I don't know, he did a really fantastic job of just talking about what mission should be like, what it should be about and what it should be like and what it shouldn't be. And um, that was kind of fun to see my daughter getting ready to marry somebody that, is passionate about
2: God and missions and is actually kind of humble about it as well. <laughs> well, and for
0: a young person that is not necessarily the, uh, norm, I should say. Yeah. I know he's what? 22. Yeah, probably 22, 23. I was 22 and I got married and I I was
2: not very humble. <laughs> I don't think I I was. I thought I had a lot going on for me. Yeah. So. That's cool. I didn't,
0: I guess I didn't realize that he was, he is he a Bible major? Ministry, something?
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I think he's about um, developing leaders, indigenous leaders versus, you know, and that's kind of what his, his whole talk was, is the Messiah, not that what one of his points was about being, um, you know, kind of having the messiah complex when us affluent Americans go to somewhere like Haiti and you mean you mean white people? White people, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. We're either gonna save the day, and if you don't want us to, we're gonna take it from you. Yeah, and and so he just did a good job of just kind of, um, you know, talking about how smart Haiti—that's what he was talking about—was Haiti. The people of Haiti really are, and just what they really do on a shoestring budget. And I guess they have a guy that's kind of an architect slash engineer that does a lot of the buildings with them and, you know, does not have a degree in it and is wise in terms of using the materials they have available to them. And so,
2: yeah, it was just, it was good to, you know, hear his perspective and not be appalled by it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, that that is that's a plus. Yeah. No and so, yeah, he did a good job. It was fun. Well, good. Yeah. Kind of a new chapter that. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't teach a lot. He doesn't preach on Sundays because I don't think that's so his thing. But he did a good job. So it was kind of fun to, to get to hear that in his heart on that, and then we went. To Top Golf that night and celib- it's Fun, isn't and cel- it? it so it was a good time. So we celebrated Wilby's thirteenth birthday at Top Golf. Which did he have fun? He had a great time, but there's nothing like having a kid with cerebral palsy that does not have great balance. Like oh gosh, swinging a golf club five feet away from her. There's a drop off and a net to catch him should he fall off the end. <laughs> So like so every you guys time we're on
0: like the upper deck.
1: Oh yeah, so you know you're trying to play it cool and like it doesn't bother you, but like every time he was swinging, it was like, oh please don't go stumbling off the end. And... <laughs> <laughs> but he uh... did he did well, and we had fun, and so yeah, it was a good Sunday. So there you go. Yeah,
0: I've been to Top Golf once. Yeah, that's of
1: our first time.
0: Me and me and the only other kid that were like knew how to swing a golf club got into the could get the most oh yeah yeah 12 pointers whatever the back is Uh and then the kids that hit like looked worse than charles barkley (laughs) so we're gonna golf club beat both of us because they were just just yeah hitting them wherever and like oh here's a little two-pointer here's a five point just like out of sheer dumb luck you know it's like when you're when you're doing like the bracket pool at work and someone picks the winners based on their mascots or colored jerseys and they beat you
1: Come on, but I'm so much better at this. Well, and I, no, I no, actually no, think, you're not. I think they kind of, so the, the kind of the generic game that you're talking about, I think they have it actually kind of designed to where mm-hmm. I think if you just are consistent and hit it, you're actually going to do better in the long run. Well, And that's what makes it fun for everyone is you don't exactly. have to be good at yep. golf.
0: You yep. just have to be willing to go have a good time and be okay with looking goofy if yep. you don't know how to swing a club because it doesn't matter. It levels a playing
1: field. Yeah. Well, and I think every one of us missed our swing. Missed the ball once, except for Willby. He was pretty consistent with hitting the ball every time we all had. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And he swings one handed and he did a great job. So, yeah, it was a fun, fun Sunday. Kind of one of those like didn't really know it was going to happen. And then when it was
2: over, it was like, that was pretty cool. So. Very exciting. Yeah. I don't have any fun stories. You don't have anything? Not that my life isn't fun and exciting and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Just, just been so tired. So what happens when you give up caffeine. Well, yeah, that, that is true, but <laughs> all
1: other factors as well.
0: It's, it's for the good, Dave. I'm giving my body the chance to. Relax, recuperate, <laughs> rejuvenate, other re-things. I don't know. I'm running out of words, Dave. This is a bad way to start a show, if I'm already running out of words. Maybe it's a good thing if I talk less on this episode. I don't know. Probably won't happen. I'm bad at shutting my mouth. Um,
2: Should we jump into the scriptures? Sure. And a quick note to our listeners. We're going to
0: read from chapter 12. We are well aware that we ended last episode at the end of
2: chapter 10. We just kind of didn't want to talk about chapter 11, so we're not going to do it. Yeah, just wasn't feeling it. So, you know, sorry. But we're going to start in chapter 12. So,
0: uh David, would you do the honors, please?
1: Yeah, so we're going to just do the first couple of verses, verses, uh, Romans 12, ESV.
2: All right. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I know. <laughs> Man. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, Especially kind
0: of, you know, as you mentioned, like with the caffeine, but like, so it's like no pop, no coffee, no caffeinated tea, also no alcohol. And this is by no means me like saying, Oh, feel bad for me. I can't have any of the good stuff,
2: but like the concept of for me, finally treating my body, uh, not like trash. Yeah. And it isn't even necessarily
0: because of this verse. This just happens to be timely as, you know, God often is with his like, Oh, it just so happened that yeah. it just happened in the scriptures or, you know, I don't know, the fact that the Bible is active, right? Yep. And can meet you at the right time for certain things to, to click on, on perhaps a different level. And to think of, I've always kind of thought of my body as like a tool for me. Like it's mine. It's mm, my body. Oh I yeah. get to do what I want with it because it's my body. And Now I sound like a, oh, hmm, never mind. <laughs> Backtrack from that comment. Um, I almost, I almost offended some people.
2: But like this concept, like one, it's my body; I can do what I want with it. Two, I'm. There's not really consequences for treating my body how I want to treat
0: it, mm-hmm. which is like the most ludicrous thing you could think, right? But I thought that way for a long time because I was young, and I, you know, your body's. Fairly forgiving
2: when you're healthy and young. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But just thinking like, you know, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, like your body
0: is, you know, a temple, right, for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. And looking back on how, you know, I've lived most of my life, like the last decade, like
2: that has certainly not been true in you know how i've treated my body and i never really
0: thought that that was a bad thing until recently
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it was health stuff that caused me to go oh wait a minute yeah maybe i'm not superman (laughs) maybe i do have to Take care of my body, and maybe my organs aren't made out of Kevlar, but are actually made out of what organs are made out of. And if they don't get what they need and aren't treated correctly, yeah,
2: maybe my heart's going to explode. Like, (laughs) this for me is very timely in the sense that I am coming full circle to no, like, you're about to turn 33. In a couple days. That doesn't make you
0: an old man. But it doesn't make you a young man either. Like there there are certain. Like my body
2: will be changing. You know. More probably in the next. 10 years. Than maybe it has in the last 10. And. Even from just like a selfish. Perspective. I have to start taking care of it
0: if I still want to be here in like 20 years. Right. Then you throw in this whole idea of God calling us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So like what we do and how we care for our bodies is a representation of our willingness to sacrifice for God. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I strolled up right now, he'd be like, all you sacrificed
2: is a smaller pair of pants, pal. Like what are you doing? (laughs) So I don't know. I realize that probably wasn't a great point or anything, but that's just kind of what's rattling around in my head right now. So sorry if that was not
0: sensible.
1: Well, and I think no, I think it was very sensible, and you know, it it kind of one of the things that I frequently come back to is you know me in my life there are very few things that I deny myself and granted I'm not
2: talking like you know extreme uh, lavish I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is you know but it's
1: there are very few things that I deny myself just in terms of day in and day out so it's like if I want a cup of coffee I go get a cup of coffee. I either make it on my counter or I go to the, you know, the store and I get it. If I'm craving ice cream, I go get ice cream. You know, if I'm craving a hamburger and fries, I go get hamburger and fries. Like very rarely do I go, oh, I'm having that craving. I'm just going to choose not to do that. And and it's just kind of the, the, the world we live in of if you want something, you just kind of go get it. And, uh, that was just, for me, it was kind of one of those just realizations of, uh, it's a very little thing, but I think it's something that, you know, you can do is just practicing that, that I'm going to deny myself this and not constantly just anytime I have a want, just go and satisfy that want. And I know it's not real like a, a you know, <laughs> When you think about being a living sacrifice, that's probably not the first thing that comes to mind.
0: (laughs) No, but you got to start somewhere. But you do have
1: to start somewhere, and I think there's something very practical about what you're saying in terms of just we need to learn to deny ourselves on occasion, and that may just be for a season. Mm -hmm. Uh, It may be you may just one day this is the day I stop consuming alcohol, and never again the rest of your life do you consume alcohol. And and for everybody, it's different, but um, I think there's just sort of a having an awareness of what it is that I'm doing with my body and why I'm doing it. Um, and uh, you know, we're we're talking about basically food and drink, but there are people that deal with, you know, alcohol and drugs and, and, and drugs and, you know, being a living sacrifice is to choose not to do, you know, narcotics, not to smoke marijuana, not to do those things. And, um, Again, it may seem like a really obvious thing, but if it's what you're used to and how you've lived your life, taking that moment to sort of go, "I'm going to change," and I'm going to make an effort, and 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 I think it is. I think it's twofold. I think one, it's being honoring of God and the body and the and that He's given us, and two, I think it's okay to do it for ourselves on a degree because I think we're honoring God by doing that and and being um, respectful to this vessel that he's given us. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, there's definitely the, what we put into our bodies part, right? Yep. That's, and there's also the, what we, we do do with yep. our bodies part Yep. or what we don't do. Sure. Right. Um, cause the next part is after presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So it's interesting that our bodies are our spiritual worship because sure. you, I would not put those two things, because my body is this physical thing, right? Mm-hmm. But according to you know this and other places of scripture, it's also the house for my spirit, my soul, the thing that God really cares about, mm-hmm. right? And so it's the kind of like baptism is like the outward expression of an inward conviction. The, the, the way that we present our bodies to God is the outward representation of what's inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought about that passage, this passage that way before at all. Why would my body be my spiritual worship? Well, I am, I am presenting my physical being that, that houses my spiritual being right in a way that, that is supposed to be holy and acceptable to God. And so that, that means what sexual purity,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, you know, and that, that, like we talked already about what
2: we put into it or don't put into it, how we, how we treat it. Um, yeah, that's just, I've never thought it's just right there, which
0: is your spiritual worship. But I never, I never saw the juxtaposition of our body and our spirit like that before. So,
1: yeah. And that's so like, you know, I often think about, sin and temptation, or even what I want to do and what I don't want to do, and when do I serve and when do I not serve, I, to me, it's such a, all that is so cerebral, it's so much in my head in terms of making the decision to do something or not do something, but there is something about the, the physical body that actually gets played into that of, you know, when I, part of the reason why like sometimes maybe I don't want to go to church or I don't want to serve in the children's ministry or whatever there's an element of I have to physically get my butt up out of the couch you know out of bed get into a car drive across town and go do something and again mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to make this more noble than it is but there I I often don't really kind of embrace that idea of while I'm I'm kind of in my head making the decision, what I'm making the decision is about is well, I just want my body to to just lay here. I want to do nothing, but I've got to physically kind of put forth some effort, or for that matter, exercising. I mean, that's another one of yeah. you know, it's so well, it's so mental until you actually do it. And then it becomes very much a part of the physical body.
0: Well, you know what they say, the hardest part of going to the gym is getting there. <laughs> is going to the gym once you're there Yeah. You're there. So you might as well work out. It's actually getting to the gym. That is yeah. the hardest part. Cause it's that mental hurdle of, yeah, I hate working out. I don't want to work out. I'm really comfortable right now. I have to change. Then I have to go, then I have to do the workout. Then I got to come home and shower. Oh, it's just not worth it. And it's like, after all that, you could you could already be at the gym, you know? And, and
2: you know, the same goes for this. These concepts we're talking about of like our, the hardest part about you know any change is the mental inertia it takes to
0: to initiate the change to start it you know most most people don't like change especially when it means less comfort you right. know okay. or or looking in the mirror and going oh yeah i guess i do justify a lot of sin in my life or whatever right, right? you know yeah. the, a lot of a lot of the things that are good for us
2: often come with a, uh, an exchange that, you know, is, is difficult, but you know, the difficult things are generally good for us. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I'm reading a book right now called rediscovering holiness.
2: Oh yeah. By one J. J. I Packer (laughs) who I, uh, Will probably not meet, but
0: would love to. I would not like him to join the class of Dallas Willard, which is authors that I really wanted to meet that I won't get the chance to <laughs> this side of heaven. But and there
1: you'll have an eternity. So,
0: and I hope he's uh, a willing listener because I want to, or I should say, I should be a willing listener. i like, hey,
2: JI, hey, here's decaf coffee. <laughs> let's chat. <laughs> um, but he starts off this book um, uh, a couple of pages in and he's got three truths
0: that I uh, read through and I summed up. First truth is holiness must be learned. Yeah. Like it is something that we have to learn to desire, learn uh, to uh, seek out and then learn to work out in our lives. Like yeah. it's, it's something that we can see, but it is something that we have to learn to make a regular part of our uh, our daily lives, and he compares it to um, working out and exercising. He's like I because I was really bad at it, like really, 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 really bad at you know gym class. He's like I was awful. I, I all the other kids were having fun, and what was easy for them was really hard for me. He's like, but it was good for me because it made my body like you know, do things like it, it was, it was, there was a benefit to it, even though I hated it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first truth is holiness must be learned. The second one is learning. It is hard, but that's the point. Like it's hard for a reason he says as pushing ahead on the path of prayer and holiness is a prime form of spiritual warfare against sin and satan so it is an educational process that god has planned and programmed in order to refine purge enlarge animate toughen and mature us by means of it he brings us progressively into the moral and spiritual shape in which he wants to see us so like this is the you know iron sharpens iron or you can't refine gold without a fire like the the process of learning holiness that is going to piss satan off and cause spiritual warfare in your life right god wants this because it strengthens us it refines us it 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 you know rough uh knocks off the rough edges and you know brings us into uh the the shape that he wants us and you even think of like oh he is the potter (laughs) i am the clay like the process of turning a lump of clay into some sort of you know pot or vase or sculpture like
2: that clay goes through some stuff oh, my yeah. dude like yeah. it's
0: it's rough um the third one is uh, reliance upon and closeness to
2: god is the only way to get through the process he says fundamentally the factor that makes the difference in
0: this journey is neither one's intelligence quotient nor the number of books one has read, nor the conferences, camps and seminars one has attended, but the quality of the fellowship with Christ that one maintains through life's vicissitudes. Wow.
2: Which is a super fancy word for crappy times. Doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how many J. Packer books you've read. The only thing that's going to keep you
0: through or get you through the process of of holiness and sanctification, as Paul calls it, is a strong relationship with God. And I think that's kind of the point of why holiness is hard and why the process is difficult is because your option is to lean into it and chase God harder through it or to back off and say, I'm, I'm, I'm good out here, man. You guys have fun in that little mosh pit. I'm just going to get my popcorn and my recliner and just watch. <laughs> right. But there's like, there, there, there's logic in the sense that, you know, if God is going to pull us through this, he, he, he we have to make the choice and it always with God is a choice, right? We have to make the choice to either lean into it
2: and push through and kind of show God that like we have the metal. Yeah. Or we back off and just say, nah, I'm I'm good. Yeah. So,
1: and and I, anyways. And I think even in that, there may be a you know, it we're not like day in and day out, you're not always going to make the right choice. And you may have weeks, months, or years where you kind of go, nah, no, but then you, it's like, you, you just can't, you can't give up on it. You can't give up on God. You know, there's that desire to know him and to be intimate with him and to understand him better. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, um, we're definitely going to have some ups and downs and peaks and valleys and, uh, but it is definitely that long pursuit of him. Um, you know, I think, I think we can, there, there's an element of you can become a little bit familiar and when it's familiar, it's easy to, to kind of decide, ah, I know this, I don't, I don't need it. And then, um, I don't know that you said directly this, but, the, the the trials and the tribulations come and it's in those moments of you you go okay God I know I need you I know you're the one that that gets me through this
2: and um so yeah it, it's it, it's certainly that um discipline
1: over the course of a lifetime and I I guess I would even kind of maybe even put myself in that place of just um not complacent with God and really not, not wanting him, but I feel like I'm, I'm in a a renewed place of desiring to pursue him stronger again that I
2: haven't had in a while. And, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I agree. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've really been enjoying this book. I, I started listening to it on uh, Audible, uh-huh.
0: and the guy that reads it is quintessentially British. British, I can't even talk. He doesn't call it holiness. He calls it holiness. <laughs> to be holy for the Lord. It's, yeah. And he says, issues, which just makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't deal with your issues. I must go be holy. Um, it's, it's a really bad, really, really bad version of how he sounds. <laughs> so I, I bought it with the intent of like reading along, but then I realized I only le- ever listen to it when I'm on in the car. So obviously, following along in a book while driving is a p- horrible idea. Um, so I'm like, I find myself reading the parts of the book I've already listened to uh-huh which is kind of helpful though because I'm like oh I remember this part in the book and then you know the, or in, <laughs> in the in the audiobook and I'm like oh I wanted to you know highlight this section or whatever. cuz that's yeah. like the downside with audiobooks like there's a clip function
1: yeah it's in Audible, not the same but
0: again I'm driving a car I don't want to fuss with no I want this 30 seconds that's 2 seconds off from what you know like I don't want to deal with that yeah um but it it is it is kind of helpful and weird to both be like i'm two chapters ahead in the audiobook than i am in the in the physical book but that kind of gives my brain time to like process and then seeing it a second time i'm like oh because you catch things when you can read it because you can you know reread and and see see connections on the page um but yeah i yeah totally not off topic but you know i would highly recommend. Checking the audiobook or the physical book out, or I guess the ebook if you're into that thing. Get your Kindle. Mm -hmm. All right. So, verse two says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect.
2: All right. Do not be conformed to this world. Well, that's easy. Are you kidding? Yeah. No. No, that, that was a joke.
0: That's what the world wants us to be, right? It's
2: conformed. Yes. There's a, he quotes uh, J.C. Ryle, who
0: is uh, an old Anglican bishop from the 1800s. And he says that a holy man will endeavor to shun every known sin and to keep every known commandment he will have a decided bent of mind towards God, a hearty desire to do his will. And this is the part that stuck out to me, a greater fear of displeasing God than of displeasing the world.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Which I was like, well, when you put it that way, yeah, I guess, I guess I would rather have that. But then when you look at how I act or what I place value on, or, you know, how I, judge myself in comparison with other people like well clearly i have a greater fear of
2: displeasing the world oh yeah than i do of displeasing god yep and i think when it's put that
0: blatantly comparing the two you're like well there's nowhere to hide here so
2: i yeah i i guess i screwed this one up yeah um but it's I think really helpful to me um, to remove all the ifs
0: or buts. Well, what about you know, like the play the what if game? And if I just settle down to like, no, 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 really, like, am I am I more afraid of displeasing the world than I am of displeasing God, or am I more afraid of displeasing God than I am of the world? And that's going to really dictate a lot larger chunk of my life than I think most of us would recognize without thinking about it. Right. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like, I think that is a fundamental stance that we take maybe without thinking about it a whole lot. When in reality we should think a whole lot about it because it's going to dictate a, overwhelming majority of how we interact with people, how we treat ourselves, how we treat them, um, you know, what we value, Mm -hmm. where we get our value from, like just so much of how we live life can stem from that very decision.
2: And I don't think I've ever thought about it that way before. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm in agreement and you know, I, you even say that and it's like you
1: think about how much stress or anxiety people have. And I would say a lot of that probably stems from exactly what you're talking about in terms of I'm I'm more concerned about pleasing the world or pleasing other people than I am God. And yeah. you know, when you start to when you start to compare the two, you're probably like, oh gosh, it's you know, and there's kind of the there is there is an element of you know other people are tangible and real to me and god can often feel abstract and kind of you know not so present and it's kind of easy to go well i'm not, not going to really see any consequences if i don't worry about pleasing god but i'm going to have a very real interaction with somebody tomorrow or whatever in terms of pleasing them and so uh, yeah, I think a lot of our anxiety
2: can come from needless anxiety can come from pleasing others and pleasing the world. And the other thing to kind of shift in gears on this to me
1: is just, you know, being conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I think of being, you know, renewing of my mind. I think it's being in Scripture, it's prayer, it's discussing God, you know, engaging with other Christians and that sort of thing, and um, I don't think there's anything inherently evil with binge-watching TV or movies or whatever, but you think about the amount of time that you fill with media, whether it be binge-watching or social media, or whatever it may be, sports, the football games on Saturday and Sunday, of just the amount of time for me that I can spend on those things that are conforming to the world, and then how much time do I really spend seeking Him, uh, praying, reading His Word? And I, I do think we are transformed by spending time just reading Scripture
2: and I know for me that hours compared to minutes when it comes to those two things. Yeah, for sure. And I often think too, that I I should say in my experience that when I have spoken with people that, you know,
0: don't believe that are, you know, friends or family that that oftentimes it is an intellectual appeal for why they don't believe. Yeah. And that oftentimes, you know, spirituality can be seen as an emotionally driven thing. You know, uh worship, you know, people raising their hands or you get to some of the charismatic stuff, right? Which, you know, I I didn't grow up in that realm, right? But like the 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 juxtaposition is often, oh, I
2: have intellectual um, grief with God, the Bible, and faith. So I don't buy it. But,
0: you know, if you want to, you know, emotionally, that, you know, that's your choice. And, you know, what I find here is, yeah, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like, yeah, it's not shying away. Like, this is bring your intellectual grief and let's
2: talk about it. Right. And, um, I find oftentimes in
0: my discussions, so this is, this is not a generalizing statement. This is in the discussions I have had with friends and family that have intellectual issues with the Bible and scripture. When we get to the points of, I don't know, they are always 10 times more uncomfortable with it than I am because the not knowing is the issue. It's not the I'm too smart to be a Christian or I'm too smart. I can find holes in the Bible. It's when we get down to the brass tacks of I don't know. And there isn't an answer to that question. That's where the issue is. So it's not an intellectual thing. It's a not knowing thing, mm-hmm. which to me sounds like control.
1: I, I would definitely
0: right? agree. Yeah. And so I, I have just always found it fascinating. That you know us close-minded Christians. <laughs> that you know. Whatever it's like. Well, I'm totally okay with things that I don't know, because that leaves room for God. Yeah. You know, yep. if there's, if if I can know everything, then I don't need Him. Sure.
1: I can be a God. Yes. Well, and um. W- recently, one of the things that kind of. Um helped me with this was and I think it was a podcast that my wife was listening to um the, there was a question of how do um faith and doubt exist like what's what's the relationship between uh faith and doubt and only the, the the answer that was given, which i would say I agree with, is that
2: um faith. Needs doubt, because if doubt doesn't exist, if doubt
1: doesn't have an influence on your faith, then that's simply belief, you know, and that was really kind of revolutionary to me of like you know there are certain things that I believe, you know, and i uh-huh. and I don't question it. I believe that you know I believe in gravity, the you know much of the physical world can be explained, and there are certain things. And I don't I don't have a you know, I don't have to have faith. I doubt doesn't come into my mind in a lot of things. But when it comes to my faith and my relationship with God, in order for it to be considered faith, there must be an element of doubt. And that was just like very like the light bulb went off for me of like, um, there's nothing wrong with doubt. And and, and even the verse that just talks about working out our faith with fear and trembling, you know, this idea of working it out, kind of back to your point
2: of it being an intellectual thing. And I would, the other thing I would even just challenge,
1: I guess, our listeners, Christians that come across this or anybody, is that you know, if you're so, so sure about what you believe and you don't ever have doubt and you're just so concrete and, you know, you can't ever be wavered on something,
2: Um. why is that? You know? Like, why are you so sure of what you
1: believe? Uh, because I think sometimes there's an element of you're a bad Christian if you don't believe exactly what you're supposed to believe, if you don't have the right dogma. And that there's kind of, I think, I think there is an element of, of Christians being uncomfortable with just saying, I don't know. Because if you say, I don't know, then there's this like, well, you're a bad Christian. You don't really believe the way you're supposed to believe. And and I'm not referring to you as I say that, but I'm saying. Right. No, I'm shaking my head because it's just add that to
0: the list of things. Church gets wrong yeah
1: i I think it's quite the opposite that and and I guess i I'm in particular just thinking of a moment that I had recently where I said, Well, you know I'm kind of okay with saying I don't know on this particular topic, and then was quickly kind of pounced on by two um fellow Christians that had to prove to me why there was a right answer to this issue and there why there was a right answer to this question and I'm not even saying that there's not. I just found it was very interesting their discomfort with somebody saying, I don't know on this particular topic and not being okay with just going, oh, that must be where you're at spiritually. But feeling this huge need to set me straight and reveal the truth
2: to me because there is, you know, the right way to believe. So anyway. (laughs) didn't mean to go down that tangent. Yeah, it's all good.
1: All right, and then uh, the whole point of renewing our mind
0: is that by testing, we may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, how many times you've heard, if I only knew what the will of God was for my life. Mm -hmm. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewal
2: of your mind. A sound mind and a sound body, right? Mm -hmm. That's what ASICS is, the shoe company. Is it?
0: Yeah. uh, Something, something in corporal sante. It's uh, it's Latin. I got Latin. But yeah, it's a sound mind and a sound body.
2: There you go. It's in the Bible. Yes. Treat your bodies as a sacrifice that
0: be holy and acceptable to God and let your mind be renewed
2: by the word of God and his truth then you shall be able to discern what is the will of God Mm -hmm. what is good, acceptable and perfect
1: that sounds like a game plan to me Dave it does and I'm going to read from the message just a piece of this because I think so, the, so it, just, it says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. And it, that to me just sort of kind of brings it back to this concrete, you know, we're not talking about over-spiritualizing this idea of being a living sacrifice, but it's just truly taking every aspect of who you are and what you do. And just going, God, it's yours. I I give it to you, and I present it to you. And I'm not very good at this, but I, uh, you know, I've 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 heard friends just say, you know, they one of their daily prayers is, God, just use me today. Make me available to what you have today. And I think about how busy and how rushed I get throughout my day, and need to probably do a better job of just saying, God, just help me to be present or how often i'm having a conversation with somebody and i'm not listening to them and i'm ready to that get on to that next thing and um so yeah i think it's i think this is a lot simpler than we make it sometimes of just giving our everyday ordinary life to him and say god use me
2: in that indeed well that's the end of the passage that was wonderful <laughs> I'm glad we went to twelve. Yeah, that was gonna be a lot better than whatever happened <laughs> if we talked
0: about eleven, that's for sure. Yes. But hey, thank you so much for listening to uh this episode of the masterclass. We appreciate your time very, very much. If you want to uh check out the show notes, you can go to supermegacorpnet slash masterclass slash one forty-five, or you can swipe around in your uh podcast app of choice, they will be there for you. You can also in the show notes find links to our email, to Dave's Twitter, to my Instagram, to our Patreon page and also uh you'll see the phone number where you can uh call in either with questions or comments uh or you can leave an intro or an outro for the show. Um but it's a cool way for you to uh interact with uh not just us but other listeners. Um, to add your voice to the conversation and, uh, thanks to our patrons. Of course, we appreciate you very much. Yes. Make the show profitable with no ads. Hey, Hey. there we go. That's what everybody wants. Right. And, um, I always feel like I should have some sort of like sign off thing, you know, like and an inspirational quote, or here's your <laughs> hashtag leadership tip for the week. But I don't, I don't do that stuff. So all I will say is I hope that, um, this conversation was, um, beneficial to you and that, uh, that God was able to use, um, whatever the heck we just said, um, to, to bring something, uh, to you. So. Thanks again
2: for your time, and we wish you uh, a very lovely day. Bye. Bye.